Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Shot Podcast. We are delighted to have you as our audience again. Thank you, listeners. I am joined today. I'm Joe Dyer, by the way. And I'm joined by Dave Milner Hello. out of Melbourne. Hello. And Melbourne, Australia's largest city. Apparently, although a technicality, I didn't bother to delve below that headline, so I don't know what that technicality is. Well, Joe, the technicality is that Melbourne has more people here. Yeah, that. No, no, it is. That we, seems we've more decided to include than this. Technical, but. Well, that's right. It actually is factual. It's just. Definitions catching up with reality. We can go into it later. We Let's say hi to everybody. Uh, we are also joined by Grace Tame. G'day. Hello, Grace. Who Grace could be anywhere in the world because I'm, she travels so widely. I'm in Brisbane. Brisbane, there we go. That was not a city that would have been high on my list of guesses. And we are absolutely thrilled um, that instead of bloody Charles Firth, who we've relegated this week, we are joined by the indomitable Ronnie Salt, which is just a great thrill to have you back, Ronnie. Welcome. Yay, Guten Morgen, Guten Morgen. I'm reporting Guten Morgen, yeah. <laughs> Guten Morgen. It's, it's Sean Good. Danke, danke, Well, this I'm in Wiradjuri country. Fabulous. So, look, we've woken up to the breaking news that we are not going to see Rupert Murdoch in the witness box, alas, in the much-anticipated courtroom drama of Dominion versus Fox News. The settlement came minutes before they were about to um, to start proceedings. Wow, wow. What do we make of that? I think it's because they would, um, they'd have to, we, we'd all have to realise that in order to get him in public, they'd have to prop him up because he's so old now. Has anyone actually seen him? I heard it was a necromancer issues last- that all the dark wizards weren't yeah. in New York City at the moment, so he couldn't be summoned into the court. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because, of course, Fox really don't want to go to court they don't want to go and there. reveal the true depths of the awful shit. I mean, I, I think the incredible thing that so much was already revealed by the depositions that had to be given by the, well, the senior executives um, at Fox, starting with Rupert and working down, um, and then, of course, from all of the personalities, so-called, that appear on Fox, the, all of the little truth bombs that could already be revealed about Tucker Carlson, you know, actually loathing mm. um, Donald Trump. Uh, I think that they basically, if that, if they'd had to really go through the entrails under oath in a witness box, uh, the whole business model was sort of teetering a little, it seems, and they thought better of it. And I think it's fascinating because of what it says about some of the, the Murdoch talking ghouls here because what it has proven definitively is that these people have no qualms just saying things that they know to be counterfactually true that they don't even believe themselves and every time I look at someone like Andrew Bolt or just and you and he writes such a fuck-witted column that you do wonder does even he believe this is this even plausible that a man that can put together 800 words 
seemingly without many typos, could he possibly believe this sort of thing? And the answer is maybe not. Well, I think definitively not. It's just an ultimately another instalment in a very long-standing production of manufacturing doubt and division. By keeping it out of the public eye, we don't get to see everything that we, we really should see. And so for the people who believe that Fox in this case are actually the victimised party, that that reinforces that mindset for them, yep. that, that they've been yep. uh, unfairly persecuted. That ecosystem isn't punctured by any of this. Fox doesn't need to apologise, doesn't need to own any of this. It can continue being a deep space, deep state. I keep saying deep space for some reason. <laughs> deep state conspiracy against the Murdochs. <laughs> That works as well. It is a bit of a deep space. I, you know, there's a there's a there's a Martian like uh, quality to Rupert Murdoch. He's a very <laughs> he's a very cerebral villain in my opinion. Certainly, as Everything. he ages, there is certainly more of a Martian quality. But do you not think though that even for those people who live in that kind of kind of crazy Fox News world, having to pay eight hundred million US dollars? Is in fact going to be some kind of indication that uh, that all is not yeah, but, good. But where are they going to hear this from? Well, well it, I, it has been but, sort of broadcast far and wide. Fox isn't talking about this. First of all, I don't think it's actually fair to call anybody uh, crazy because this is this is part of the problem. Because none of this none of this happens overnight. None of this has happened overnight. This is actually this a symptom of a nation's culture which has been produced over decades upon decades of a high level of calculation. Um, The American ruling classes have a penchant for very cerebral, very carefully designed grand theatre. And this division that we see um, now that immediately, you know, I lived in the United States for about six years. None of this is new. We just have access to it in, you know, in Australia uh, now more immediately. But it's just sort of, it's just been exacerbated. You know, the wound has been picked up more regularly. Like Trump, Trump was trying to enter politics back in 1985. He was trying to, he was trying to buy the New York Daily News, um, which was actually eventually bought by um, Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell's father, who was sort of yeah. Rupert Murdoch's main opponent um, for a long time. Before he disappeared <laughs> off of... the side of the boat yeah, after he yeah. had pundered his employees' Th- this... pension schemes, of course. Yeah, it's all really just, it's like, this is, this has been a long time in the making and I really well, do wonder. And I think the thing about it is, is of course, this has come about because there have been uh other news outlets that came about um, who were forcing Fox even further to the right so that when facts actually did dabble slightly in factual reporting around the outcomes of the American election, you had the even more rabid right-wing entities sort of springing up and basically attempt, well, threatening to steal the audience of Fox. And you saw them, then all of the, the executives from Suzanne Scott to Rupert Murdoch to Lachlan getting involved. And, and I think that was one of the interesting things and I think has implications and is already being used in the legal case here with Crikey of just how involved all of the Murdochs were in determining the editorial policy of Fox. And 
having vetoes of what did and did not go to air. And that, this idea that, you know, they rise above it and they've got great editors and great management, but we all knew was a lie, played out deposition by deposition. So there is no hands-off at all. And I think that stands crikey in very good stead, as it turns out. Um, but it is, I, th- well, I think, the polarisation of the not US even further. Any money to pay crikey at this rate? Well, I, I think the question for today becomes, like, how much does this actually hurt Rupert Murdoch's conservative social engineering project, if at all, beyond the bottom line? And I, I do think they do ha- they have their own ecosystem. It's not going to do that much damage to their reputation amongst their base because, A, they won't hear about it. B, they won't be made to understand it accurately for what it actually was. And in the sliding scale of criminality, if you will, I guess to the majority of the the public, this particular case of what's happened with Fox and Dominion does actually sound pretty shocking and outrageous. But in reality, in the grand scheme of things, it's actually not the worst thing. It's not that bad, and I sh- I'm, not, I'm not saying that to um, minimise, but have an understanding of the fact that democracy wasn't destroyed at this point in time, that it was undermined stealthily over a long period of time, and what these same, some of these same forces, particularly Rupert Murdoch, have been involved in covering up. And not it's just covering up. It's public now and he's, and he's now being held accountable and he's not used to that because he's been very used to um, for a long time getting away with things and this is the bit that's unusual. The bit that's unusual for people is that it's now so public and people are seeing it. And but if we're, to- if we're talking about I think that, that have- is the point, though. That is the point that we're seeing behind the curtain. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the legal the system has, for better or worse, it has actually revealed to us... Um, what has been going on. So nobody can obfuscate, nobody can deny it's yeah. there in the court documents. And not in a well, post-succession world, it's kind of obvious. If we can, I know, it's like as all this is playing out through succession the as other well, thing, it's just so quickly exciting. Bef- but we won't get too much into that because people might not have watched this week's episode yet. I haven't, so yes. But just very it carefully, it's, it's not just covering up stuff in talking about Rupert Murdoch and his erosion on democracy. It's tilting the scales to a ridiculous degree. It's deciding British and Australian prime ministers. That's far more... I mean, for me, that's that's the sin. This is like getting Al Capone on tax receipts sort of stuff, which is possibly what's happening with Trump at the moment too. What I do think is interesting here is that even as this um, is unfolding... We have Trump attempting to, you know, re-enter the political forum in a very direct way. You know, he's announced he's running again. Um, he's continuing to use sort of the illegitimacy of the electoral process um, as to try and bolster his case for election. You were denied me um, back in 20. Here I am to save you again. But he is, uh, unlike in 2016, he is himself confronting legal peril in a variety of different ways in a variety of different um, legal jurisdictions, Ronnie. And you were talking about um, the first um, indictment that has come his way, by no means necessarily the the last, um, in your column for The Shot this week. Yes, yeah, good old Donald Trump. Look, I took one for the team. I would just very quickly say that um, in relation to that 
um, discussion. Outrage and anger is a very, very powerful business model. Mm. Um, yeah. That you'll notice in a lot of the uh, a lot of the information that came out in the Dominion lawsuit that uh, a, a lot of the on-air announcers were talking behind the scenes about the fact that they were actually scared to change the narrative. Um, there was a great reluctance to confront the viewers and turn around and, and present them with reality and fact and facts because um, it's like a sort of a, a never-ending beast that keeps feeding on itself. They have to keep feeding the garbage into the mouths of the outraged and the angered in order for them to get keep maintain the viewers and what have you. I think at one stage... One of the Murdochs said something along the line of the fact that um, they wouldn't have any viewers if they came yeah. out and actually told the truth. So right. they're sort of trapped in a trapped in a sort of a, a hell of their own making. That they yeah that they created and Murdoch acknowledged that it would be difficult to walk back. It was Rupert Murdoch. Was, who said yeah, that. was one of the one of the Murdochs. But um, the Murdochs themselves washed their hands of Donald Trump, and all the signs are that he's sort of. Uh, as far as the uh, a lot of the core power brokers in the United States, all the signs are mm. that he's uh, yesterday's man, not that he's to be underestimated. Even no. the election that Donald Trump won with Fox News support, you could tell it was a reluctant, I actually need this man right now moment, rather than, like Rupert Murdoch clearly finds him a bit uncouth and he's not yes. the type he likes rolling with typically. Yes, he's a use, he's a useful idiot. Yeah. yeah. He's, so he's probably pleased to wash his hands with him at that point. Yes, yes, yes. He's, a, he's of no further use to him, so, you know, flush him down, he goes. Well, that was the, um, what, what it said, Florida man announces run for presidency, I think on page five, <laughs> wasn't it, of the New York Post? That's so, Wait, 28. That's so petty, announced. I love it. That's amazing. Page five yeah, as well. DeSantis is just is just a slightly better spoken version of Trump anyway. He 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 doesn't he doesn't believe half of the things that he says. Um, unlike Trump, who I think actually does. Yeah. So Ronnie, when I commissioned you for this piece, I have to admit I was ever so slightly hesitant. Not because I didn't want you to tackle it, but because thinking about this man is extremely unpleasant. <laughs> and it's been people. Let's let's be honest. We've all been through quite a bit the last couple of years, and I did wonder whether we needed the psychic damage of paying attention to Donald Trump again. My question to you is. Do we need to pay attention to Donald Trump again? Yes. Uh, certainly in t- yes, certainly in terms of uh, what he represents, but also in terms of him, the person. So there's sort of two lots. There's the there's the uh, the Americana that Trump uh, is a symptom of, and those the people that voted Trump in. Not they may have changed their vote. They're not necessarily going away. Certainly his popularity has diminished. Um, but uh, there's that aspect of it, as well as Trump, the person, the individual, and he is in for the next few years a hell of a lot of pain. One yeah. of his, one of his, what I found quite amusing was one of his major problems with all of the legal issues that he's facing is he's having problems uh, retaining uh, quality legal counsel. Because absolutely nobody, no law firm with, you know, even a shred of decency will go anywhere near him. And even the ones that don't have a shred of decency, largely because he doesn't pay his bills and he brings all sorts of, doesn't pay invoices. I think he's got two and a half thousand sort of, you know, 
bad debtor cases against him at the moment or something or other, uh, which is interesting in light of the charges that he's up on, I should throw in, because Trump has a, uh, an abs- a decades-long reputation of never paying his invoices. Uh, and if he does, mm-hmm. he's very recalcitrant, pays them on time, it's part of his business model. America is littered with small contractors that did carpentry and electronics in various Trump hotels that never got paid and ruined yeah. their families forever. That was one of the most, I thought, effective um, advertising campaigns that the Democrats actually rolled out unsuccessfully as it turned out in 2016 where they had representatives of these small businesses just saying, you know, the people who supplied the pianos to the Trump Mm -hmm. hotels and things like that, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of pianos. Former students of something called, would you believe, at Trump University. I can't believe anybody in the world thought that that would be a (laughs) Trump Steaks. (laughs) Trump Steaks is my favourite. Trump Vodka, Trump Airlines. It's just a... It's like the bad timeline in Back to the Future too. It really is. Of all of the labels that he's put on, I think Trump University is the one that made me snort the loudest. But um, <laughs> but part of his uh, so so part of his modus operandi is to is to uh, delay, delay, delay on paying anything. Yet his retainer, his uh, uh, monthly or quarterly retainer with his uh, now disgraced former attorney Michael Cohen. That was always paid absolutely bang on time, that $30,000, $40,000 that he invoiced him for as a retainer, unlike all the other invoices, which is what made it stand out to the investigators. Ah, the fact that he paid it on time That's was so the giveaway. <laughs> Straight away. So the question, so when um, when uh, law enforcement investigators are, are, looking, are looking for, you know, uh, trailing through, looking for clues, it's uh, it's the little. It's usually the little things that you get caught on. It's the little things that you don't think of. Had Trump delayed paying Michael Cohen, or had he thought of some other dumb thing to do, which he's quite often, which he's very good at, it probably wouldn't have stuck out. But that's one of the things that that happened with Trump. But he's 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 got um, he's got legal cases rolling at him everywhere, both federal and state. Um, he's going to be tied up with that a lot. You know, as I said, he has difficulty retaining legal counsel. So Rudy Giuliani is off busily, you know, working out how to have permanent hair dye. Uh, so he's not <laughs> going to be coming and working that. So, yeah, he's he's in he's in for a lot of trouble. So He's in a lot of trouble. I think... Um you know what was interesting i mean there's two things which is there's many things which was interesting about it but um one the first of which is as you said in your article that actually if this had just remained uh, an agreement between michael cohen and donald trump melania may have been upset but it wouldn't have caused um the problems that it has except that of course he never wants to actually put his hand in his own pocket, and so he then tried to claim the monies that had been paid to Michael Cohen and subsequently to Stormy Daniels and the others as a campaign expense. Yes. And that's where they've caught him on this felony. Yes, exactly. Had he just absorbed them and and, and dealt with it privately, it would never have seen the light of day. It's so funny as well. (laughs) (laughs) He just never wants to put his hand in his own hands. That's That's right. just, no, but he's 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 fueled by um, he's fueled by a number of very interesting uh, factors. I think his niece Mary Trump is a, is a is a oh, yeah. fabulous person to follow uh, for her insights into him, uh, not just because of her close personal connection, also because she's a, a clinical psychologist. But uh, you know the fact that she talks about yeah. his his bottomless pit of need. He's he's he's, he's fueled by. 
uh, his ego and his stupidity. And uh, that, that, as I said, that sort of has, has served the Republicans well. Uh, I think from the reading, the broad reading that I did for this article, it appears that he is yesterday's man. Um, that's not, not to count him out because he's tapped a very rich seam of gold in the United States. He's worked out how to, you know, con the masses, if you like. Uh, it's mm. a very rich seam of ignorance and Trump's been very, very clever in working out how to position himself as the saviour of all of those, um, you know, white working class disenfranchised voters. You know, I, I, yeah. I, only I can save you. And I would, and it's very clever working that out. The extracting money from these people thing is fascinating because it's a, it's a very, you know, it's the sophisticated psyops thing of just never saying sorry, never apologizing, but also combined with, a WhatsApp scam, basically, because I remember as soon as he lost the last election, it was, OK, we're going to need money to build the wall. And people kept giving him money at that point to build a wall when he's clearly just this is the money that he needs to keep his lifestyle going. It's just blatant. And this is the this this is a really interesting point at which to examine the diff, like the gulf between legitimate need and legitimate um, destabilization and then like feigned need and perceived uh, need and, you know, in in the case of Trump, who's a supremacist in many ways, um, who is, you know, legitimately privileged, born of privilege, didn't work to get privilege, um, you know, although he would be very convinced, he's, he's convinced himself of this narrative that he's worked very hard and that he's a successful businessman and that he has all these assets and examples um, of activities to show it. Um, you know, and that he's a former president now. Um, but, you know, that so there's the difference between the supremacy mindset and then this legitimately, um, like his his voter base shouldn't be discarded because it's it's it consists of many different subsets of uh, the United States um, population who have been, um, again, over a long period of time, have been legitimately disenfranchised and um you know and and so the what he's what he's done is um attracted their attention because in many ways his behaviors actually do mimic that mindset that trauma mindset and that's 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 how you can see the like the supremacy mindset and the trauma mindset can can be in you know not this not the same but they present sometimes in the same way as they in, in like in that they don't like um, uh, authority, um, they don't like uh, having control taken away from them because they you know never had somebody else have control. You, you, you know you know you know what I mean. Like and it's and that's why you can see you can see that they um, would get along, and yet they're so their circumstances uh, um, in terms of how they arrived at their at that point are so different but why there's the connection in the first place. 
Um, and look, I think that makes sense. But I think what there's what we also can, need to bear in mind is that actually there's no reason why more people are going to vote for Trump at the upcoming presidential election than voted for him last time. And he lost comprehensively last time. I think the problem that the Republicans have is that it, he looks... Yeah, but it was rigged. <laughs> it looks like he's got a lock on the Republican nomination, which is kind of extraordinary. And that's to the other point about... Um, Trump's legal woes is that he could actually be found guilty of a whole lot of the upcoming legal trials and trials that he has. He could actually be sitting in jail. And unlike in Australia, that would not actually be an inhibitor to him continuing to be on the ballot. And Oh, my God, imagine the posters um, that his team would be churning out. He'd be, you know, White Nelson Mandela. It's going to be so fucking awful. And Eric Trump's already resorted to AI image generation. Did you see the monstrosity of Trump walking down the middle of a New York street with millions of people behind him, like heroically charging into the courtroom? Oh, Imagine no, what they'll crock. Imagine the visual shite we're going to see. Are you talking about that in real life? Are you talking about an AI-manipulated image? Oh, this is very much an AI-manipulated image, and they had no qualms, no qualms about using this. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, for Trump's court appearances, hardly anybody turned up. There were, you know, uh, probably 100 or so, 150 or so, and the vast majority of them were media. Ronnie, I heard that the clerks in the courthouse were crying and in tears as Trump... <laughs> he posted that he, he had an interview with Tucker Carlson, who loathes and detests him. I know. Um, <laughs> it's so bizarre. People will do anything for power, uh, power and ego. Yeah, where he where he he told Tucker Carlson, who uh, you know did a good job sitting there with a straight face, that the um, that the court staff in the Manhattan downtown court were weeping. <laughs> These are people in the core of New York. Uh, court staff and security staff who see the absolute dregs of humanity dragged through there, a mass murderers, serial killers, rapists, etc., etc. And yet, when Trump walked through the door, apparently, um, you know, they were crying. According to the world of Donald Trump, uh, I don't think well, the, the man is. who let the door slam in his face was crying. No, though. which was so great. <laughs> <laughs> How the mighty have fallen, indeed. He's he's yeah, poor delusional darling. Um, that, you know, if, if he, I'm sure that when he goes near some people, they do start crying, but not for the reasons. <laughs> yeah. Can I just point out though that New York's the the uh, the mayor of New York is a man named Eric Adams, who has <laughs> I can't say this with a straight face. Do you know who Eric Adams is? Do you know Eric Adams' obsession with uh, the rat problem? problem in new york oh, yes. um, oh. Yes. Su- such that he actually advertised for a uh person to become a rat killer in new york um oh. and that would be their only job um and it, it was quite funny when i first heard of this um until i realized that the position um would pay a hundred and seventy thousand us dollars a year it would be a salaried position um and uh it it required um a i quote and i quote a killer instinct did you have to use like a sword and knives or like (laughs) this well this this man's preferred method of rat killing is to um get to is to get a ladle 
um, and, and scoop dead rats out of a vat. No, but then they're already dead. Then that's not rat killing. That's, <laughs> so that's well, not rat killing, that's rats disposing. If you're getting $170,000, yeah. you have to actually do the dirty work. You can't just he needs be scooping to go up rats in a ladle. Did he run on as, as a single-issue candidate of destroying the rats? Was that his main platform? Yeah, as, becoming, as becoming the rats are of New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there are many rats that populate New York in taking all sorts of different forms, it's, it's clear, and there's going to be much more yet to run on the various legal travails of Donald Trump and the way that may or may not impact on his presidential ambitions. Sorry, that was um, slick. But I think that was really slick. Good that segue. We, yeah, look, it was, it was. And I think that we can say, though, that um, for once today, this morning, we can celebrate um, the defeat or the loss perhaps not quite defeat, it wasn't in the courtrooms, but the um, the setback that Murdoch and Fox have had and we can hope and watch with bated breath at how that's going to play out in uh, in their legal case here against our friend Crikey. Absolutely. Very, very different defamation laws. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, and, you know, and this is one that was brought by Lachlan Murdoch as opposed to them having to defend it um, too. So, um, and look... I think a lot of us would like to see it play out just for the entertainment factor, but also the test case that it will represent um, for the defamation case. Uh, There's lots of interesting factors in it that I'm sure we'll unpack in different ways. But for today, Fox has taken a step back. So that's a good thing. Like Sydney. (laughs) Indeed. Just like Sydney. You keep getting so, it in there, Dave. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on that note, thank you all for listening and we look forward to talking further to you and our listeners and readers. And don't forget um, next week and don't forget to look out for this week's articles in the shot. And I don't know if, Dave, you can give us any um, little previews into that or that's something we'll just wait for in the next 48 hours. Top secret stuff, Joe. That's like close to my chest. Top secret stuff. Excellent. Thank you all very much. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.